Tandem Nomad, episode 214. The pandemic has really been a portal. It's been an opportunity for me to turn all those pipe dreams into reality and into an actionable, portable business. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomad, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. I'm very excited to bring to you our guest today that's one of the living proofs how to turn challenges into opportunities and also how to turn an economic crisis and a pandemic into a successful portable business and thriving with new opportunities. So to talk about this great inspirational story, I brought to you Natasha Ricky. Natasha, are you ready for this ride together today? I absolutely am. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you and to share my journey with your listeners. I'm so excited, Natasha. Thank you for coming here and sharing your inspiring story. Nomad Nation, let me tell you a little bit about Natasha before we dive into her story. So she's a theater educator and public speaker based in the Netherlands. And she's also been teaching children drama and theater through Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. She's been an an expatriate for almost all her adult life, and she uses drama as a medium to support children of globally mobile families achieve social integration in cross-cultural environments, build confidence, overcome language barriers, and achieve self-expression. Natasha currently offers virtual drama classes for children under her brand, Theatre for Kids. She also develops and runs the after-school drama club at the International School of Amsterdam, and she hosts the Happy Families radio show on the local English radio broadcast, Amsterdam. What an interesting background, Natasha. This just tells a little bit about you, but I would love to hear a little bit of your actually story in terms of your career and your journey and how did it lead you to start a drama, a a virtual drama platform for kids? It's been an interesting um, last few years in particular, but, you know, going back a little bit, I've lived the expat life for over 20 years, um, primarily in Asia and the Middle East, spent my early years in sales and marketing, but always had a passion and interest and an education in the performing arts. So always being fond of stage, theater, and primarily working with children. Because even when I had the corporate job, I was working in edutainment and entertainment facilities. So there was always that connect with children. There was always that sort of bond. Um, And somewhere I think uh, my entrepreneurial journey really began in, in India because I've been the trailing spouse for for the longest time. And, you know, when we moved to India, I had this opportunity to, uh, you know, wear my entrepreneurial hat and get going. Uh, And I thought, what better time to marry my passion, you know, with a business idea. So I launched an outdoor theater program at that point, which was, again, very different, something that people weren't used to seeing. Everyone imagines the stage being indoor performing, but actually getting out there, being in the open, being exposed was very different and quite challenging for a lot of people. Um, Having said that, you know, the expat life leads to one, you know, one move to the other. And then next we were in the Netherlands um, and where I decided to again continue my entrepreneurial journey and 
set up um, a conventional sort of theater program, but then came the pandemic and things changed and it's taken a turn for the better. And Theater for Kids, which is my virtual theater education program was born during the global pandemic. This is so interesting and fascinating. So would you be, uh, do, would you agree if I said that the pandemic made your business portable? Because I can see that you had started businesses in different countries, but you had to let them in and then go and start over from scratch. And now thanks to the pandemic, you have a business now that you could continue wherever you go. Is that correct? Absolutely. I've always dreamt of having a career in a suitcase. I've always wanted to have something that I didn't have to leave behind and something that I could take with me and call my own. And I think this opportunity couldn't have been better. I know that a lot of businesses have had to innovate, have had to adapt, change. Um, and, you know, maybe a lot of ideas were born out of a need but, or a necessity. But for me, it was a moment, as I said, to turn all those pipe dreams into reality, to actually take action and to seize the opportunity. And there are so many reasons why this was absolutely the right time. Yes, I love it. So can you back tell us a little bit about how that business looked like before the pandemic? Yes, before the pandemic, it would have been um, a very conventional, as I said, theater business. I would have had, you know, uh, the mortar and bricks. I would have had the venue. I would have had, uh, you know, people come, children, children enrolling in a program that was something that, you know, that's out there that a lot of other people are doing in the market. Um, and I don't think I would have had the opportunity to innovate. But here comes a pandemic. Here comes, uh, you know, social distancing, lockdowns. Um, you know, working from home, homeschooling, um, so many different things happening in our lives. And yet there is that moment where you can innovate, that you can bring out um, a business idea that is a standout and that then fulfills a need in the market. So could you tell us a bit more about that moment where you decided to take it online? What, how did it happen? It's very interesting and I love sharing this because it wasn't really, um, you know, here's the business plan and we're going to go for it. Of course, that business plan, as I said, existed, um, you know, it just existed in a different format. But what, when the pandemic started, um, and I, as I mentioned before, um, I teach uh, at the international school as well. And, a, you know, a bunch of parents, we decided that, you know, this is a very difficult time. Let's set up a virtual community. So I brought together uh, friends and some of my family living in different countries. And we thought the average school day just had so much distance learning and had so much prescriptive information coming to our kids, but we needed to have some fun. We needed to create something that would be exciting, interesting, and keep the social connect growing. And at that point, we just started as sort of like a, a way to socialize amongst a, a bunch of friends and a community of parents uh, snowballed into a full-blown business because here I was and I thought, okay, if this can bring people together, if this is acceptable, if this is a point of difference and it fulfills a market need, then I need to think about it. So that was really the true moment when I sat and I said, okay, this is there is a market for this. I need to go out there um, and I need to make this happen. This is so good. So what did you get, have to put in place to start turning this idea and I guess you've been testing and seeing that there was an interest, but then how did you start turning it into a business? So one of the first things that I did was obviously identify the market need, but at the same time, look around me and see if there was somebody else doing what I wanted to do. And to be honest, there was no blueprint. I mean, I had a free reign to innovate, to come up mm -hmm. with ideas. Um, so I already had the um, offline programs in place that I would have put in place had there been no pandemic. But then going online meant I had to spend a lot of time creating content 
for online. So there was nothing to replicate. I had to design these programs from scratch. So a lot of work spent in putting in research. And I al already had that research when I was running the virtual community with family and friends. So I'd already sort of tested that idea to see that, yes, it works. It has legs. Um, having said that, uh, all the conventional sort of marketing practices and plans. So making sure that I reach my audience, um, you know, and I build a connection with this community. And one of the things that I did get the opportunity to do was to bring together all my different interests um, onto one platform. So I, as I said, I also, um, you know, work at the radio station and run a radio show. So here I was running pandemic parenting series, talking about how to get creative during the pandemic or writing blogs or, you know, getting active on social media, really using the digital platform to, to inform and educate my customers about my new product offering. Um, and then, of course, collaborations, which uh, really helped me to make the connect with uh, people who had similar values, similar ideas as myself to make sure I get my message out there and reach my customer to serve them better. Yeah. So before we get to talk a bit more about the marketing uh, aspect and how you attracted these clients, you talked about it now a little bit, but I still would like to have an idea of, okay, what does the business model look like now? So at the moment, we are a virtual um, theater education platform, mm -hmm. and we serve global communities. Uh, children can enroll in workshops. Uh, you know, there are also long-term curriculums that we're working on. Uh, we've partnered uh, with um, entities outside of the Netherlands to make sure that we, um, you know, reach other markets. We work with schools as well. So we have a tie up with online schools, which is very interesting because now we, we, you know, we have a com another community that we can reach out to. So primarily it's theater education through online workshops and which then culminate in virtual performances or even uh, radio drama products, which are created by the kids for the kids. So I, it's, uh, I would like to know a bit more pragmatically, like how, if there's a parent who's listening, how, how do you help and how does it work? So if a parent wants to enroll in our workshops, then they get in touch with us on uh, social media currently. And, uh, you know, they, um, they can enroll in any of our workshops that are on offer um, and kids sign up. They usually go through a four or five week uh, program with okay. us. And, um, you know, that's the average sort of workshop size to make sure it's, you know, relevant. It's not very long um, and that we can keep sort of adding a bit more interest because it is after all online drama so yeah. we want to make sure that you know kids are interested and invested in it and then we have virtual performances at the end of those workshops uh, oh. that then is a nice showcase that then parents can sort of see um, the value add they can see a tangible sort of a result of being a part of our workshops that's amazing to have an actual online show that people can come and watch on zoom isn't that cool i love it is it that is it what you're saying yeah it's usually an online sort of showcase and a show but we also as i said do radio drama so there's a lot of audio that we're producing as well oh. as a part of our workshops um there are a lot of audition tapes that we're producing so sometimes there'll be older kids who want to then you know carry that to through to university or use that for more serious acting um careers uh later on uh, you know later down the line so there's um a lot of different aspects um you know for different depending on the age group of kids so for the younger kids it's more um 
you know, confidence building. Our program is built on the four C's, as we say, on building better communication, on building, uh, you know, confidence, um, creativity, and concentration. So these are our four pillars, and we make sure that the program actually addresses these four pillars um, to ensure holistic development for children. I love that, actually, when you talk about these four C's. And ultimately, every business starts becoming powerful when you address those pain points and the the, the problem that you're trying to solve with theater. Theater is not the end goal. Uh, the end goal is all these four C's. Um, so actually, can you tell us a little bit about what is the problem you're trying to address? How What are you trying to do with these kids? I'm trying to make sure that they are uh, confident individuals, that they are good communicators. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I have a very diverse multicultural classroom. I, you know, it's not just kids from one country, it's children from different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. cultures, it's so diverse. And I wanna actually create this feeling of inclusion to make them feel comfortable in their own skin, to make sure that they are confident and they, they also see good language development. Cause after all, you wanna try and do that in a creative and a fun way. So, um, you know, teach English through drama, that's an area that we also explore. Currently, we are also looking into partnering with, uh, you know, with in different languages. So we have, um, you know, learn Spanish in dra- uh, through drama or learn French through drama. So make sure that, you know, language skills, new language skills are acquired as well. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, of the shy kids, um, you know, they benefit from the online medium because there's such a lot of one-to-one interaction. There isn't any distraction. So I have different areas. There's obviously the language side of things. There's the confidence um, side of things. There's also the personality development, you know, which a lot of children struggle with and socialization. That's really the big problem in the pandemic right now. Children are facing isolation, anxiety issues because of the lockdown, they can't go out. And here they're building a huge community of friends, interacting with people that they wouldn't normally have the opportunity to meet and socialize in a very safe and convenient space. So we're offering that, them that without them having to leave their own homes. And I think this is such a beautiful uh, opportunity for, for parents and for families to take advantage of. Yeah, and the, I guess for me, it makes complete sense that during the pandemic, it just boomed for the simple reason that parents didn't know what to do anymore with their kids who were stuck at home and they needed to move and have fun. and. And also it's partly educational at the same time. So it's definitely, it was being in the right place, the right time, I guess, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think when you said not being able to move, I also wanted to highlight and jump in at this point and say our programs are sort of, they're not static. So there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of song and dance. So, you know, I've I've seen fitness programs do so well during, for example, during the pandemic. And I thought, uh, okay, there's got to be an opportunity to, as I said, create this online program for online. So we haven't really taken a curriculum that exists offline and try to patch it in. We've actually written it to suit the online environment Mm. to make sure that it fits in. At the same time, it, you know, works on the four pillars that our program stands for about concentration, communication, confidence, building, um, you know, and creativity. Um, so it's it's interesting. We want to make it appealing to children and relevant and also hopefully fill in those gaps that currently exist in their lives. Yeah, I've been, I think I've been saying that subliminally because I've been watching some of your videos with children on Instagram and you could see that they move, they have fun. And it was very interesting how you managed to include everybody through the, the it just didn't feel like it was online. You almost feel like you were in the same room. That was really amazing. Yeah, thank you. That's um, that's really been a huge win. I think the fact that children, 
want to continue um, and don't sort of tend to leave these programs. So we've actually seen that children, when they enroll, they're there for the long haul. So it's not a filling in the gap. I think it's almost like going to become a way of life, a choice for them, because now they have the opportunity to choose uh, you know, the program of their choice, you know, earlier, maybe in the countries that they were in, these options weren't available to them. So, or maybe the particular module that we're working on wasn't an option, and it would probably be available at a different time and place. So I think um, there are different factors that make it appealing and relevant for, for children and families. Yeah, this is so good. So you say very often, we, and I yeah. wanted to know, um, what do you mean by that? Could you tell us more? I'm interested by that part of the we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the we is um, my husband and his potential involvement in the business. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I sort of envisioned it to be this way. And I think he's seen um, that this uh, business opportunity um, has a future and that he would like to also help uh, with marketing because that's his skill set. So we're potentially partners in this, but also there are exter external partners um, that I work with. So now, as I said, we've got people on board, the rest of the team that's coming on board to help with languages um, and, you know, help facilitate language learning through drama um, and also potentially other partners in the business who would come in as uh, advisors to work even with adults down the line. So that's also in the pipeline. So there are other collaborations and collaborators and also um, partnerships that are currently uh, in the pipeline, I should say. This is so good. I love it. And so I would love to hear more about your personal story and your journey with your partner, because we know that if we want to start a business, we do need to have a, a support system. So I'd love to know, you know, how, how did you have that, you know, build that support system to be able to run your business today? I think it's a very good point that you bring, Amal, because it's always easy to sort of have that plan, but then to put it into action, you do need, uh, you know, to collaborate, not just outside the house, but also inside the home. And I think I've had been fortunate in that I have a supportive partner. Yes, I have been the trailing spouse. I've been able to sort of uh, pack my bags and make an opportunity work for me wherever I went. But the fact that we have very clearly... Um, divided and conquered in a way uh, our roles and responsibilities <laughs> makes it possible for me to um, you know in, put my um, dreams into action and I think we're a good team um, yeah and we um, we've been able to sort of make it work that way um, through our expat journey. So what are the like how did you get to have your husband be on board and also want to actually now be part of the business? I think he uh, was initially very skeptical because he thought, okay, this is another, uh, you know, idea that you have and is it going to work? And of course, there's always that little bit of, um, I would say, curiosity um, that did come in to say, I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. And suddenly um, he saw the attention that it, that you know, my business started to receive, um, not just from uh, my customers, but also from the media and people sort of validating that, but not that that was the only thing that uh, made him believe in it. But I think that he saw that, you know, the, everything is moving digital. So there is also that momentum that I was able to sort of um, uh, get onto. And we've been uh, consciously thinking about, uh, you know, a business idea for a long time. So the fact that this is already in motion, and the fact that it has already gathered momentum 
um, and there it is. There is a need for something like this. Convinced him, and of course, the fact that I was so passionately behind it convinced mm-hmm. him that he could also sort of support it in a more active way than just allowing me to, you know, do it by myself. Yeah, I think that's so important. But I guess the interest, but also that you know, team. That's why the show is called Tandem Nomads. I think it's really important to have that communication. Um, yeah, but. I do, I do see how the interest was there. And actually, you talked about media. How did you get to have the attention of media? This is one that I love talking about, because I think if you don't put yourself out there, no one's going to do that for you. And I think uh, taking that risk with a business uh, was one um, step. But the next step was making sure that I found the right partnerships and the right area people to collaborate with. And in that, you know, the media works very well for you if you add value. And I always say that, you know, it's not about just wanting to um, sell your business idea, but just also serve uh, your customers and serve them through the media in a very relevant way. So a couple of things that I did do and, you know, worked for me were um, setting up um, this uh, community during uh, the pandemic. So making sure that I was on all the relevant parenting blogs, contributing with ideas, writing for them, hosting uh, the Happy Family Show, but setting up pandemic parenting within that to ad- offer advice, bringing in guests who were the experts, but also adding in my ex- expert tips um, to help families get creative uh, was something that the media and the audience both saw as a huge value. And I think that that value add uh, helped me to leverage the media and spread spread the word about my business. Yeah. So, you know, when we listen to these amazing stories like yours, we could easily, um, how do I say, slide into thinking, oh, it's been so easy for her. And I'm pretty sure that you had to deal with some challenges along the way to be here. And and the journey is is even just starting. I'm sure there's going to be even bigger, especially now that you're including languages. But could you tell us what are the challenges you had to go through, be it through the pandemic or even before in your journey to building your own source of revenue and your own source of fulfillment as well? I think the first thing that, um, at least with regards to the virtual theater business, is um, you know educating the customer, telling them that it can work, convincing them that this is not some novel idea that we're throwing at you that doesn't have a future, but it actually works. And you know, convincing the parenting community. And that's always going to be a hard sell because theater traditionally is something that you do on stage. You perform, there's an audience, but, you know, how does a virtual audience work and why is it relevant? And I think the fact that, you know, we've had actors, musicians, singers, and dancers using online media for years for rehearsals, for shows, and, you know, come to think of it, um, you know, screens are also online pretty Mm -hmm. much. Um, So that education of the customer and consumer continues to be um, something that needs to be worked on consistently. And the other area is, um, you know, this whole um, aspect of distance learning. And I want to make this distinction here that online um, education is not distance learning. Online is you know, curated for online distance learning is classroom learning that's been adapted. But when you talk to parents who've been homeschooling their kids, they are nervous about, you know, enrolling in an online program saying, oh, my God, it's going to be another distance learning sort of experience. So that's always um, something that I think I struggle with at the moment and that I'd love to sort of uh, ensure um, is, 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 is a perception that I correct um, successfully and that's why the media and you know writing articles and 
using social media and also being on the radio and talking to my customers, having those open conversations is so important to convince them that yes, this works and yes, this is something that's good for your child. Yeah, I think there's a, I love what you just shared here about, um, you know, that you have these challenges and now you're looking at how to address them. And I do think that sharing the message out loud around the media and your content is the way to go to educate people. If I give the example of Tandem Nomads when I started, entrepreneurship as a solution to expat partners was like, a lot of time will tell me no. I mean, how can I start a business while living on the move and the family and everything? And um, just sharing the message consistently, saying that it's possible and sharing success stories of how it's possible is a way, I think that definitely the way to go. And that's what you're doing now. But you mentioned the importance of media and I would like to go back to it because I loved when you talked about the importance of putting yourself out there. It seems to be natural for you, I guess, because you're in the you know theater, you love theater. It's all about self-expression. But for those who might not feel comfortable to do it, what would you like to share about that to encourage people to reach out to the media and build relationships to, to get exposure? I think when you come from a place that you um, add value, that you think that you can be helpful, that you're not looking at it as, um, you know, you're not looking at it as, it as a point of um you know, building your own image, but building something bigger than that, then you it becomes slightly less daunting. I don't know if that if I'm being very clear here, but mm -hmm. I just feel that um, a lot of people get nervous thinking I'm going to have to share my story, but you are sharing just your story and nothing more. And I think the fact that you have value to add is always going to be uh, respected if it comes from a position of being authentic. And I think that in that respect, I know people feel nervous about speaking, but there's also the opportunity to write. There's also the opportunity to have create ambassadors for your business. And this is something that I've done consciously. So I have the parenting community, as you mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, testimonials, or you alluded to that earlier, but I have a lot of the parenting community, um, you know, creating testimonials for my work, and then that goes to the media. So it doesn't have to be you if you're nervous about putting your face there. You can have people who believe in your business, who've had a positive experience, be the ambassadors and be the voice. Um, it's always nice to put yourself there, but maybe it's something that you do in collaboration, um, you know, with your consumer. That's also a different way of getting out and getting the word out. Yeah, I love what you're sharing here. I want to talk about the journey that led you to where you are now. And, you know, this idea that came out, the pandemic was a trigger that made it come out and, and, and boom in a way because the interest was there during the lockdown. But I don't think it's a coincidence that you ended up in this point today. It's a series of things that you've done in your journey and all your interests, I think, that came together at some point to give birth to Theatre for Kids. So could you, we could see that you're marketing savvy as well. I think you do have a background in marketing as well. So could you tell us a little bit more about what you did before you got into, into, um, into theatre and, and creative, you know, workshops, etc. And you know, what were all these interests that you had that you had to work out to figure out what is that thing you want to do? 
Good question. Um, you know, I was uh, fascinated the other day when my mom sent me a photo of me, um, you know, in one of the newspapers when I was six years old, dancing with no inhibitions um, and no one and no, like no one's watching. And that's when um, I thought, hey, it started when I was six. I mean, looking back, I think I was always interested in the performing arts. I always, you know, I love music. I performed on stage several times, done Broadway work. Um, but then, you know, somewhere down the line, you wonder, can you make a career out of it? Is it something that is, you know, um, is going to be um, that you, something that you can continue for the rest of your life? Is it just an interest? Is it just a hobby? And I think I just sparked that idea somewhere so that, you know, the interest was always there. there the passion was all, always there, but it was an idea that was sort of sitting in the parking lot for the <laughs> longest time. Um, and having said that, um, you know, I always did pick my corporate career also to link back, linked it back to entertainment. So if I was working, uh, you know, in any of my corporate experiences, it always had something to do with movies, with cinema, with arts, with entertainment. So there was always that sort of connection. Could you tell um, us actually, yeah, what did you do so that we can illustrate, we can illustrate that? What did you do in, in terms of, I think you moved to Qatar and things like that. Could you just take us briefly through that journey of what you did? So in the early 2000s, I moved to Oman, and which is where I worked with a cinema company. And, uh, you know, the uh, cinema business was fairly new there. They hadn't even looked at um, how they would promote it in that country. And suddenly I arrived with all these ideas fresh out of university saying, yes, it's possible. Again, I like to be disruptive. I think that's just somewhere in my personality. But having said that, I gave that a shot and I, you know, developed a whole business idea um, plan for them. And we started, you know, uh, launching movies in Oman, which was something that was, uh, you know, not really very popular at the time. Um, later on, moved to Dubai and worked, uh, you know, for the biggest mall operators um, in the UAE. And there also uh, launched several edutainment brands and also worked with cinemas again, because again, like the performing arts, can't leave that behind. Um, and then, of course, um, my family grew, had, um, you know, had my two sons and we moved to India and I thought, okay, now I need to kind of, you know, take that risk, I need to take that chance, but again, go back to what I really know. So go back to the interests that I've always had. Um, and, you know, then when I moved to the Netherlands, it was like, it, it, you know, it all came together it, through the pandemic where you know, prior to that, the radio show, and then also having um, this business idea of the virtual theater, it just seemed to all make sense. So right place, right time. But, you know, the idea had germinated fairly early on. And it was just that somehow, I, as I said, it was sitting in the parking lot. <laughs> this is so good. I absolutely love it. So now we can understand, you see how suddenly you got to this journey and it just started building up. What is it that you would like to say to that old Natasha along the way or to those who are in this journey trying to figure it out? What do you want to share with those who are trying to find that way? I think I want to say that, you know, go with your instincts um, and, you know, always try to um, try to follow your passion because I think whatever you do, you can only be authentic if you really believe in the idea, if you really believe in uh, that it is, it's going to work. So that um, that's that I think the faith and, you know, comes from your passion somewhere. And, you know, there is that 
and find that red thread because I often find people tell me I have so many different interests. So how do I bring them together? There is a time and place to bring them all together. There is that opportunity. So if you, for instance, look at my own life, I say I, I enjoy being um, a presenter. I enjoy writing. I enjoy uh, performing. But then I also enjoy making a business idea out of it. So, you know, I have this moment where I can bring it all together. And that's also something that I uh, give back to my uh, students. I make sure that I put them out there, that they are on radio shows, they are on TV tomorrow, if they can be, um, you know, they're always there to shine. Uh, and we're doing, we're a team. So I think just follow your passion and be true and be authentic. You're creating your own crew online <laughs> for generations. <laughs> this is so yeah. good. I think it's very powerful to be able to uh, work with children, to be able to sort of work with the very original and creative minds because, you know, often we'll work on ideas together. It's such a lot of collaboration that happens there that it's beautiful. I think we are learning from each other. I love it. This is so, so good. So what are you working on now and what's next for you? To take theater for kids, um, you know, even more global than it is already, make it more accessible. Um, I really want to create this um, common place for, I would say, this um, quality place for the performing arts online. So I want to make sure that if people think of, you know, the performing arts, it's possible online, that it's accessible. Uh, and when they think of quality, they think of us. So I really think that um, that would be my goal going forward. We're working very hard on it. We're trying to make sure that we reach out to, um, you know, uh, as many um, uh, multicultural kids as we can around the world and build this beautiful community of um, happy, confident um, individuals. Yeah, this is so good. And so, by the way, you've been speaking about multicultural kids and across the world, you've already started reaching out and, and attracting these people. So how did you manage to attract your globally based client, your global client base, sorry? This is a very interesting question. As you said, the journey just comes together, doesn't it? Um, you know, being the expat um, trailing spouse, I built networks in, you know, different countries. And I really want to encourage, um, you know, people who are thinking about, you know, what am I going to get about get with moving out of these different places? You know, I'm leaving a country each time. Build a network where you are and you will find the moment to leverage it. And I think that, the fact that I had all the, these contacts with schools, with friends, with family in different countries, I kind of could reach out to them and say, hey, I'm launching a, an online global business and, you know, this is a great offering. And it's amazing the number of helping hands that came my way and people who wanted to be ambassadors in those countries for theater for kids. So I really, you know, urge everyone to um, try and use that global network and try and use that opportunity to really thrive in their global business by, um, you know, that, that they're naturally predisposed to by just being an expat. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story, Nadesha. And uh, tell us where we can find you. What's the best place to find you if we want to get in touch with you and learn more about Theatre for Kids? So Theatre for Kids is on uh, social media. It's very active on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook. So on Instagram, we're Theatre for Kids. Theatre spelled the English way. So <laughs> um, that's the only thing to remember with the number four at Theatre for Kids, also on Facebook. Um, our website is, is soon to be launched. Um, we're, we're 
got some exciting things happening there as well. So um, yeah, that that's uh, we're we're online. We serve the online community, and that's where you can find us. This is so good. So I look forward to having you back in a couple of years to show us what's next for you. I have the feeling that it's going to be a really interesting journey, even for moving forward. Thank you, Amal. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you and sharing my journey with your listeners. My pleasure. So Nomad Nation, I hope that you found some great inspiration through Natasha's story and the living proof that out of a crisis, we can truly build a successful portable business. If you remember, I've had multiple uh, episodes about marketing strategies around the pandemic. So I will link them in the show notes of this episode if you're interested about that. So check out tandemnomads.com slash 214. And you will also find all the information on Natasha and Theater for Kids right there. So thanks again, Natasha. Thank you for having me. And Nomad Nation, I'll see you in the next episode. Stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.